Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Anyway, kids, well, not to worry. This is the beginning of the Untitled Fighter podcast. The UTP. The UTP. The UTP. I'm Spencer. joined by the as another week of questions and thoughts and different, you know, murmurings on the video game industry come a flooding because we're about mm. to embark on a bank holiday weekend, three days of doing next to nothing. Mr. Jules Gill, what have you got in store for the next few days? Well, you know what, my friend, because Go obviously uh, I've had my first uh, vaccine jab. That means I can start easing up and going up to see yes. people, make plans and stuff. We so can have a fantastic. cheeky lick. Yes. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. I'm we'll coming round, mate. I'm getting, I'm getting my second one tomorrow and then I'm running tongue first directly. I'm changing the locks. I'm changing the lock. <laughs> changing the address. Um, I've bought a ladder. So on Saturday, uh, I'm going over to a friend's house and we're going to do a lovely big Warhammer game, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, And then on Sunday, we're going to go and see one of uh, Kerry's relatives, which will be quite nice. Mm. And then on Monday, I'm going over to build some scenery for some new Warhammer dioramas, which will be fun. So it's like a a nice, chilled, nerd weekend. And then in between those points, I'll be doing some digging if the weather permits so that I can get the garden landscape going. It's literally, like I feel like as I'm saying this, my youth is escaping me just (laughs) kind of i'm withering like the night at the end of um the uh indiana jones last crusade thing i'm just I feel like you're hanging on to chosen it you've... <laughs> you've got like the warcraft still keeps you young i think and yeah. um, it keeps the uh the fantasy fantastical spirit alive i'm just gonna be just mass effect mass effect and more mass effect to be honest maybe a little bit of knockout city in the middle nice. I, the world doesn't believe that game's good and i didn't initially as well um because that game is so here's some spreadsheet goals we can hit like here's the gliders from Fortnite and the extra art style from overwatch and whatever i'm not gonna lie i thought it was a Fortnite expansion when i looked at the advert (laughs) because they've got the same style about everything about it it's just kind of like hey it feels like um steve buscemi doing his um hello fellow kids did made this game (laughs) that's definitely the energy that i got when i first put it on um but the gameplay mechanics are really really solid and like it's dodgeball so it's and plus the noise that they have when you proper twang someone with a dodgeball is this proper you know when you would bounce like a basketball and it sort of does that little like ting kind of yeah 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 yeah. and stotting one of them off someone's face is one of the best little mechanics of the year so yeah i've got a version of that on on ps5 xbox and switch i just i'm just playing it i just want to play it all the time Um, is it free or have you paid for each version so, of this. so right no 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 I've not oh, paid multiple times. ladies and gents if you could see his sheepish face right now what have you spent what have <laughs> you spent on about it. no 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 I've not I've not spent yet right now it's free on Xbox because it's on Game Pass okay. um, but it is in the launch it's got a free launch week um, on okay. PS4 slash 5 and on Switch um, but they are going to be charging 18 English pounds for it after that which is madness um, so I'll, I'll continue playing it as long as it's on Game Pass after Fair that enough. 
I'm running. I'm not. I'm not paying. <laughs> I mean, I love it, but I'm not going to pay eighteen pounds for it. Um, but anyway, this is the entire Panther podcast. We always ask for your uh, questions and thoughts and stuff every week, and um, we've got a lovely little response. A whole bunch of regulars in the following um, the questions that got submitted. So thanks to Big everybody love. for sending stuff in. And um, first question from PG Quips, a regular legend, legend um, who just says, uh, "Dying Light Two thoughts. Just watch the new interview with the developers on the fanciest set I've ever seen, which it really, really was. Yeah, um, ridiculous. They sort of replaced the back wall and made it look like they were sitting." in the game that it's thing was so really cool. mad isn't it um and wondering if you're excited as i am love the first one so much incredible gameplay story not so much but easily the most fun i've had in a co-op game now i must confess dual skill that i had never played dying light i played the oh, demo okay. and that yep. was it and so I, I didn't like dead island so i didn't follow techland to dying light yeah but i've always heard good things what's <sighs> what's the deal I feel like um, uh, Dead Island gave uh, Dying Light a bit of a stigma because mm. everyone was it just saying, oh, well, this is just the same experience, right? But it's actually got so bit. much more on it. It can actually like run, like you say. There's <laughs> tons and tons of like secrets to find in there. The expansive world is great to explore. It doesn't mm. feel as prescribed as maybe Dead Island did because Dead Island was like, hey, here's the sewer section it's that wacky. everyone goddamn hated so much. <laughs> um, so I, I, have a quick, I have a super quick question because sure. the thing that made me run a mile was first person platforming because I despise that in everything. Well, did you not get on well with Mirror's Edge? No, that's the reason. Oh, that's the reason I've, I've not game. even I've not played Catalyst. I did play the original one. Uh, Mirror's Edge was actually the game that cemented mm -hmm. it for me because I was like, oh, if this is the best that first person platforming can be, and I still want to throw up, that I just <laughs> can't. I hate, hate it. It put me off Dishonored. I just yeah. It, it actually doesn't feel like as terrible as you might expect. Um, I actually had a really good time because it felt like everything was contextual. It felt like uh, they planned out the leveling system of being able to run across rooftops and make the jumps. It didn't, there was elements as well of like really inspiring that feeling of vertigo as well, which I'm like, cool, this is a nice way to make me constantly on edge. Mm -hmm. It's a good game. I would say that there's still like a few flaws to it, which I'm hoping that Dying Light 2 is ironed out. And it definitely looked like it's going in the right direction because mm. it's more of a story focus. Cool, you're ticking that box, which was a bit questionable in the first game, mm. as PG Quip said before. Then you've got the gameplay, which was already pretty solid. They're building on that with new weapons, new mechanics, new sort of parkour elements that turn your attacks into ways to springboard up the and through the levels, which I think is great. He like jumps on the, I, I, that's the thing, looking at the, mm -hmm. at the Dying Light 2 gameplay made me immediately go and buy Dying Light 1. So I'm going to, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna dive into it. Um, but that was the thing when he was running at a zombie that was on the edge of a roof, and he jumped and onto him, as the crash pad. Used him to like, yeah, cushion the landing. I hope that is a mechanic and not something that's sort of like a half in-game cutscene thing. Yeah, me too. Because I, I kind of can't wait for so for people to try and exploit that and see how far you can push the zombie <laughs> off the thing to go. I, I would love to see how many times you can survive by using another human as a crash mat. Mm -hmm. Like, but yeah, um, I mean, that just I thought it looked super like promising. Obviously, yeah. it's, it is interesting because that game has a hell of a development hell. Um, mm -hmm. Like there's the lead director, Powell Machuca. There was a whole report about him being this like tyrannical yeah. dude at the head of the studio. He was like living and sleeping inside the offices. It was just this whole thing. Um, and I recently did a, a video on games that you wrongly think are coming soon because that mm -hmm. thing just seemed to be on fire. Um, but then recently, you know, they've got out there that the new release date is December 7th. Um, they put the um, the video out last night and it does look super promising. Yeah. But at the same time, the build that they showed off is the same one from E3 2019. Yeah. The same look, anyway. They sort of opened it by saying, like, hey, last time we checked with you yeah. guys a few years ago.
that is always an interesting one, isn't it? When the developers go like, we've got a brand new game coming out, but here's all the old footage that you've possibly seen before and mm. not at all representative uh, representative of what is going to be in the final build. It's mm. like, okay, strange move there, pal, to sell, to sell me on the brand new experience by showing me <laughs> the old experience. Remember when you cared like two years ago? We're, so, we're still there. We're still doing but, but it. You know what? Uh, you know the, the uh, lead director who you were saying was a bit of a, a nightmare, shall we yes. say? Um, do you remember that they released a special edition for Dying Light that was like a um, uh, zombie-proof house edition? Okay. Do you remember that? It was like a super special edition. No, I remember the edition. torso like... from Dead Island, but that's oh no, d- yeah, d- let's not talk about that. That, <laughs> that was that was bad times. That was sick eggs well, in the like wrong way. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, there was like a special edition uh, order that you could put in. I think it was like one copy. And one of the perks that it gave you was a zombie-proof treehouse. I imagine that the director built that and just lived there, and that's why he went a bit mad. My mind doesn't know if you mean it's a real-life treehouse. It's a real-life treehouse, dude. Okay. Like, they came and built a a zombie-proof shelter in your back garden. I'm kind of game for that. I mean, how do they make this? Did it have shutters? How do they make it zombie-proof? I have no idea. Because much like with many of these super special editions that uh, cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to do, Mm -hmm. no one ever bought it, so no one therefore ratified (laughs) that it existed. I hope it's got, like, a turret on the top or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, for me, like, Dying Light 2, the the footage of it looked so promising that it just made Mm -hmm. me go, my God, I'm missing out on something. I need to go back. I always knew that I was anyway. Um, People always talk really highly of dying light um but it's just that its prices remain so high for so long i don't know if that's a publisher thing or whether that comes from techland or whatever um but it is on sale right now if you're listening to this in the uk i guess that'll be part of playstation's days of play sale anyway yep. Um, it's super cheap on PlayStation. I got it on Xbox because they've just given it the FPS boost. So it's mm-hmm. you can run it at like 60 FPS, um, which I'm a frame rate whore now, Jules Girl. I ignored Rich Hudson for way too long and Osley P. Um, and their parting words, um, you know, enforced the uh, reality of frame rates. And I've, I've got there. It's too late. I'm enlightened now and they're too, they're too far gone. The problem is, though, is that if you listen to them, you fall down the nerd rabbit hole of uh, actually walking out into real life and saying, hmm, the frame rate needs a bit of a refresh here. And that's when you know you've got a problem. <laughs> then I'm building roller coasters and it's, <laughs> it's all gone sideways. But um, next question from Wayne, who says UBP, back to you. UBP. The same way. What's the grossest food you've ever had to eat? Mine personally is sushi. I'm just personally not a fan. Fair enough, man. That is like, mm. it's a sushi is a, an interesting one because if you. Because there's two types, isn't there? There's sushi and sashimi, and sashimi is the one that has the meat on it, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's what you're meant to I've not had it now, yet, to be honest. Oh, not to, much, now, anyway. Sashimi is a, an incredibly odd thing if you're not used to the idea of eating mm. what is effectively raw fish, because mm-hmm. like that has such a specifically pungent taste, <laughs> some of the... Some of the um, some of the uh, fish meats that you can get. It's a stinky boy. Like, like, some of them are great. Like If you get like salmon, fine. Absolutely tastes brilliant. But there are some out there that have like such a specifically, like, like almost to the point where they're so salty that it's like, uh, it turns your mouth into like the badlands. Ooh. It is like, it's too salty <laughs> for me. So I will agree with you that some sashimi, if you're not used to it, mm-hmm. is, is pretty grim sometimes. But I just, I, I have a general thing. About, I'll dive in in a second. What's, okay. what's your, what's your butt? The, the, um, the, Food type that I've eaten that I thought was absolutely disgusting was um, oysters uh, with Ooh. Tabasco sauce in. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. Uh, it was so the whole concept behind oysters is that you're meant to like almost drink them like a shot. And I'm just always, always like curious as to why that was. But mm. lo and behold, I found out the hard way by ignoring the advice uh, of the person who was giving them to me and just went, 
like scooped it back <laughs> and just thought, like, you know, what? I'm going to hold on to this effectively runny Ooh. egg that is now inside my mouth. Yeah. And then I chewed it and <sighs> ye gods, it's like, I, I don't know if I had a bad one or if it was just like, uh, oh, this is what oysters are, but it felt like I was trying, it was chewing a wadded up piece of somebody else's chewing gum. Yeah. Like it was, it was just, it had textureless and, but I went, but it was tough. And when I squeezed <laughs> it, all of this like salty seawater just came shooting out. And I was just kind of like, this is the worst bit about every food combined in one. <laughs> I was gonna, I thought I was gonna say before was that I'm not okay with most squidgy things. Like anything where it's just a bit squidgy, <laughs> I just don't like it. I also have a thing about multiple textures in the same um bite. If I if I okay. during during the bite down, if there's multiple textures, like if it's a cookie and it's all one texture, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but if it's sort of like a, it depends because sometimes liquid centers are okay. I just, I'm trying to think. Yeah, of I was about to say, example. like, if you, like, does that mean you don't like Cadbury's caramel? Like, I'd rather not. I'd rather have a nice wow. solid chocolate. I, I just, I don't know. I've got a thing. I can't think what there was something that I had. We, we've had this discussion before in, mm. in real life and stuff, but um, there was something that I had where I bit down and I was just like, oh, it, it's multiple textures there and I don't like it. It's oh, been, I, yeah, we've had this discussion it's, before. I can't think. It, what that is, was it, I think was it, I would. Was it a burger? You had a burger that was just kind of like it had a, a crunchy bit in the middle, and you were like, maybe not for me. Oh, that, not that's, for me. That's the thing. The idea of crunchiness inside a soft. Yeah. Thing. When you don't know that the crunch is coming, and you're just kind of like, what yeah. is that? Am I just bitten into a bug? What like is that? Somebody's tooth. Like, like, if you're having like chicken and stuff, and there's a little little tough bit in there, I yeah, just no, don't. I just no. hate it. But no. but give me like soft stuff inside hard stuff, totally fine. Hard stuff inside soft stuff, no. It's got to be <laughs> one or the other. And um, the thing I will throw in in terms of the um the grossest thing that I've had is I for my 30th or we rather um did our um the hot ones challenge yeah so, i saw you it was a voluntary oh, thing um oh. but i took uh the it was the second highest bottle of that from the hot ones the show on youtube if you go and check that yep. out uh we got the um i can't even think what the hell it's called now was it called the, de bomb de bomb that's the one yeah um de bomb that's the one and they have it's like half a million scoville or something it's something ridiculous yeah. um, and that thing turned my face red my lips bright mm -hmm. red just mm -hmm. felt like daggers in my mouth um, good fun. Uh, you looked like you looked by the end of it like uh, Brock Lesnar after about ten <laughs> seconds of cardio work. You would turn purple and look like a beetroot. I was just like, do we need to roll you down uh, the Charlie Chocolate Factory uh, thing and get you squeezed for all the prune juice thing? It was like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> I look like like a Final Fantasy villain, like Final Fantasy VI or something. Just yeah, yeah. You look like, you look like you had uh, Kefka's um, like uh, face paint on, but in real life. I was just. I, like, just, I remember like you and shouting from the other side of the because we all did it in my back garden, and you and just go, I can see you. Lips from here, and it was just yeah. bright red, sort of siren lips. Um, but, but not to worry. Um, next question from Uncle Todd, who says, For stars, hope you're all doing very well. Well, same to you. Hope Thank you're you very also much, doing mate. very well. Um, question is, How do you feel about games allowing you to become OP in the end or in certain earlier areas versus games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey that constantly level enemies to the player? Personally, I love that godly feeling to one shot anything. You know what? I've actually just um, uh, done a list on uh, video games that reward you for not leveling up and talk mm. briefly about like scaling player systems and adaptive difficulty. Uh -huh. And I actually, I really like the idea of adaptive difficulty in games like God Hand because it's like as you get better and as you master the combos, the enemies get harder and therefore I feel like it's more rewarding mm -hmm. to take them down using said skills. But having it drop back down again if I'm finding things too tough. So it always keeps your level of empowerment at the same mm. uh, level. Mm -hmm. But I have to admit, there is a lot of fun in sections like when you're playing as Sauron or uh, sorry, Sauron in um, the uh, bat 
but no, what's it called? Um, Lord of the Rings Conquest, when you're just right. smashing hobbits, like you're playing, um, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, pitch and putt, and you're just going for a hole in one, which is like, bam, <laughs> take that, bam, out the park. Uh, and playing as Darth Vader in the beginning of um, uh, Force Unleashed. Unleashed and stuff like that. Like, those <clears throat> power fantasies are express amounts. Prototype of for me. So, so, so good. I think, um, but I, I feel like being overpowered does kind of suck the end game fun out of it because once mm. you go, cool, I can do anything. Where's the challenge coming yeah. from then? I think it's, it's it's definitely a balance. I will side with uh, Uncle Todd because I love the the build up. Like I want to have that payoff towards the end of a game where I'm mm -hmm. just smashing enemies that maybe were a challenge in the first place. I love games like um, Sekiro and FromSoft stuff, Souls or whatever, where you actually you you do level up. You can hit harder, but also you get better as a player. Like fundamentally, yeah. um, that was one of the things that was like one of the best parts of Sekiro was that oh. you can master that block system eventually. Going from the first battle that you have with Genichiro to mm. the last battle before he gets the Saint uh, Sword Saint Ishin out, mm -hmm. you're just like the two battles. They are effectively the same. He uses yep. the exact same moves, but by that point, you've played the game enough that you absolutely wreck him. Like it's, <laughs> it's like embarrassing for him how badly you whoop his ass. Which is a nice 180 on how much he flattens you at the beginning and it, what, what it feels like to be like, oh my god, all these animations, how the hell yeah. am I ever going to learn this? But you yeah. do. Um, my favourite is Breath of the Wild because they let you go to the um, central castle whenever you want, so it's like yep. when do you feel ready as a player? You also don't unlock any uh, core abilities other than like going to see the different um, divine beasts and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're only getting better as a hero, which metatextually you're becoming the, the hero of the land because mm -hmm. uh, Link has lost his memories and everything. Um, and I love that feeling when you find to go to the castle they save the main zelda theme it only comes on when you get yeah. to the castle so it's like if you it's like you're ready yeah exactly like you're ready you've taken that long you've done the rocky style training montage you've got all your potions and your uh, food and everything and you're ready to go and that theme comes in and it's like yeah that i absolutely love that feeling um, i mentioned prototype before as well which was just just being a crazy demon the game and mm -hmm. um, which i can go for a good escape fantasy but it's got to be done well um, isn't it interesting as well how um video game music affects you so mm. much in the gameplay state like mm -hmm. i was playing um doom and i had to switch off the sound because i was um i can't remember if i was listening to the door for like a postal something happened i had to literally shut down the the audio mm -hmm. and i'm still playing the game and i was like this game is so different without music like to right. the point where i was oh, God, like, yeah. i was just like running around and i was like still having fun but i was like wow the soundtrack of this really like it pumps you up so much to the mm -hmm. point where you're like you, i think it makes you take more risks i think yeah. subconsciously it goes it's like -na 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 and you're like cool right, i'm gonna go i'm just going for i'm charging through i'm a juggernaut can't stop me mm -hmm. but when i was didn't have the sound i was like oh play this like a regular fps <laughs> <laughs> let me take cover yeah. i think it's like um like you said it sort of encourages you to take risks and dive in a bit i find that i respond faster because i'm just tuned into that mm. like a synaptic connection to the game experience or whatever's on screen a bit more and um, also going back to halo like i've been listening to the i'm, I'm learning the uh, halo 2 molnia mix the steve vibe nice mix. yeah uh, on guitar i was like no I'm, I'm to the point now where i've played guitar long enough i'm gonna sit and learn this mix because it's one mm -hmm. of the sweetest compositions ever yeah um and going back to that i was like that that music man like that that theme and um, put that in the background of anything it just makes it so much more epic yeah. um, and like yeah that definitely like halo without its audio footprint would be a completely different thing it just it needs it um, imagine just, how satisfying it must be to be like a, a music creator right like mm. a composer and then just like sit back and be like oh my god i've done it i've actually <laughs> made a soundtrack or a theme that will be forever remembered like no Especially with that one as well, because they tied it with um, the first time you jump on the Scarab tank in Halo yeah, 2, which is like yeah, a big old deal yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, it was a big old thing. Um, next question from John of the North. Brilliant name. Um, nice. From John of the North, who says, in games like Assassin's Creed or Hitman that give you a choice, where do you most like to play? 
where do you most like to play? Um, oh, on the stealth versus guns blazing scale. Because um, I've seen, I remember that meme that was doing the rounds from Hot Fuzz, where it was um, Nick Frost's character from Hot Fuzz, where like it was him saying shame when he's got the guns ready. And it's yeah. always, oh, whenever you play a stealth game and one alarm goes off, you just end up yeah. everybody <laughs> yeah. and then resetting again. Um, I'm someone who will restart areas over and over to try and do it perfect stealth run, but I know that yeah. that's out of vogue. It's just that I guess we grew up with the stealth boom in the 2000s. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, what culture gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I remember uh, spending so much time playing a video game called Conflict Desert Storm. Uh, and game. with my Yeah, I know, with my friend Liam. And the uh, very first level has uh, one of your characters uh, locked in jail and the other one has to go and rescue them before the second level begins. You backtrack all the way to the extraction mm-hmm. point. And uh, we played it so much that we really found that we got more enjoyment out of the game by using the stealth mechanics to mm-hmm. see if we can get to the other player and unlock them without alerting any single guard to mm-hmm. the point where if we did get the alarm triggered, we'd quit and just start again. Mm-hmm. Because 
there was no bonuses or unlocks for doing it, but it was just great to try that challenge. And I remember yeah. from that point on, it was like stealth focused. If I could do it, if I could get through an area without alerting anyone else, I mm. feel so much better. And like the oh, Batman God. games really reward that as well in the little challenge areas that you've got. Yeah, um, yeah. Plus like that thing. So the one of the things that I adored about that game was that you had the group, you had like a team of like a sniper, yeah. infantry dude, whatever. But I love that you can put someone in a certain place and then change, you can like, you know, beam out to, to decide to control someone else and the AI will take over. So it's yeah, like you yeah. put a sniper in place, you switch to someone else and the AI will do the headshots for you while yeah. you're running in as someone else. I was like, that's a great way to sort of do a hard step between single player and um co-op multiplayer that i haven't seen anyone else do like to have a, an ai ready to take over um i just i don't know i thought that was like a really cool way to do it mm-hmm. um next question from jack asbury who says hey guys how are you do i hope you're doing well we are doing very well especially yeah right cheers now. dude it's a good time um i look forward to this podcast every week as it's always top quality well thank you very much um cool. my question is does assassin's creed one need a remake seems to have that there's only one of the older ones without one i guess because they've remastered everything else um i guess they could do is it is it because of licensing issues or something like that? Like, why hasn't it been like retouched? Hmm. The only thing license wise is that um, that Wood Kid was it Wood Kid that was on Assassin's Creed One. I can't remember what the name of the song was that I think is on mm. the credits, but I wouldn't. I think it'd be fine. I don't know if it's just because um, Assassin's Creed, like in terms of the way that franchise is talked about, is that it came into its own with the AC Two. Like, yeah. I've always been an Assassin's Creed One fan, but it is such a different style of game. It's almost like Hitman. Yeah, I remember when it came out, the everyone had like touted it as being like the next big thing for mm. the action sandbox RPG genre, whatever you want to call it. But I do remember seeing a lot of like seven out of tens for it rather yeah. than the sort of nine and ten out of tens that clearly they <clears> were <throat> expecting. So I I I do agree that it wasn't a polished game and maybe they don't want to go back to it because it will only highlight the shortcomings of it. Mm. Like people would go, yes, cool. There's some good elements here, but it's just nowhere near as good a game as Assassin's Creed 2 was. Well, I mean, I I get the complaint that there's only like a handful of repetitive, oh my God, my throat. Oh, he's dying. (laughs) He's dying, ladies and gentlemen. Every every week he dies. Um, (laughs) Kenny over here. And um, yeah, I mean, I get the whole thing that it's like, there's only like seven or eight activities, if that, and they just repeat throughout the entire game. But I personally loved it because I love being the assassin. And in terms of taking people out, like the actual targets, that was one of the only games until Unity brought it back, where you literally were like, here's your target. They are walking around a dynamic open world space, figure mm-hmm. out how to take mm-hmm. them out. It wasn't so specific. I know the other ones have done bits and pieces of that, of that but I feel like AC1 was more like a hitman in, open, in an open world. So I always yeah. loved that. Um, but yeah, I get the that it is sort of like an outlier, and I guess there was that whole story where the creative director's son um, thought it was more like GTA than it was when he got an early copy like a month before release. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, Dad, are there not more um, side missions?" And he's like, "No, son, it's Assassin's Creed, not Grand Theft Auto." <sighs> and then um, he's like, "Oh, well, that's lame." And then the, apparently the whole team had to implement side missions in the course oh, of the month no. because of this little—I was going to say spoiled brat—but this little little kid who was just doing his best. No, 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 no. It is said, a spoiled brat if you have the ability to influence. An- <laughs> entire video game <laughs> franchise yeah i'd say that you have more power than you should do possibly i still i'd lay the blame on the uh the director the parent just being like oh well we've got to do what the five-year-old says or whatever yeah. the year old says but yeah that was uh one of the reasons why ac1 was kind of all over the place um but not to worry um next question from pinky who says one serious question one and one fairly jovial both asked with love um why is hashtag wcp wcgp such a sausage fest i love you guys so much but i did realize the pods lack diversity the other day second question is why are police uniforms gender neutral for everything except the helmets whoa okay there's a lot to unpack here uh i mean the thing is is that when it comes to the uh what culture gaming channel we've Mm. got 
Amy and Tilly, who have just joining us and starting to do more stuff. That's the, the thing is that the answer well. to that is last year got in the way and we've got, we're waiting. Yeah. To- First off, let's just set the record straight for <laughs> one thing. Uh, Scott and I are not the bosses of what culture. No. We get this. We get this so much. Like, do we give off the impression that we run the channel? We're just, we're just that damn professional. I mean, it's just <laughs> definitely not a my side. Not be, listen to this and know that we run everything. Yeah. So we've obviously got um, <laughs> uh, bosses that are making decisions about the company that we don't control. Um, yeah. But one of their biggest pushes was that when they got this new property that is uh, in Newcastle, that we're all going to be effectively moving back to once the lockdown stuff ends. Mm-hmm. One of their big pushes is they want to build more channels, get more faces on screen, and of course have a much more diverse roster of people. Mm-hmm. Now, we've unfortunately, as you are aware, we've had to say goodbye to some of our friends over the yeah. last couple of years, but we obviously do not have a hand in choosing who comes on board, nor would we ever block people from coming on board. No, all. I think so, it's more, I mean, like that's the thing. I mean, obviously, like Ash, Rage, Zoe, like have all left. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and you know, you go further back, like the likes of Susie on the wrestling channel and stuff. You can go pretty far back. Um, but you know, everyone was like super close friends. It's like they got incredible opportunities and they took them. Like, it's just yeah. the reality is that we have all gone through 2020. Um, and at this point, we're just waiting until we can get back in the office and do the recruitment side of things properly, um, or at least visualize the people we have brought on board properly. If you're following the other channels, then you'll already know who Amy is. She's been on horror, she's been on Maine. Um, yeah. she did a few chatty face videos with us. Like, we also got Jess as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jess McDonald. Like, you know, we're getting there, but it's just, it's a, it's a weird time. It's not like we think of this on the daily in terms of just like where we are right now, what we're trying to get back to and what things are going to look like when we get there. So yeah. it's a problem. Uh, it, it, was, it was one of the hardest things um, saying goodbye to our friends across the years. But as Scott mm-hmm. said, like, you know, they've had to, they just got great offers. So why wouldn't they take it? We, oh, we, we would never... PlayStation access. Like yeah, I mean, we... when we had the conversations about that, it was like holy words. Yeah, like we'd like, never uh, hold anyone back as well. We'd encourage them to go off and try new things, especially if they're, they're like bigger stuff, like for mm-hmm. them. So, yeah. Also, police we, uniforms gender neutral for everything except the helmets. I've I, didn't even, I didn't even know this. Is there a is there, <laughs> there gendered helmets? And I don't spend a lot of time looking at police. No, or helmets for the most part. I've not, it's, it's been a while. But um, next question from Laughing Sunbro, which is a regular legend. Back to the yeah, uh, legend. the regulars, Mr. Sunbro. Um, favorite video game, movie, or TV show? Not an adaptation, but about the industry. Um, the Wizard, Grandma's Boy, Ready Player One. Are there any that you feel like you love or connect with? Yeah, um, uh, indie game, the movie. I was, was totally going to say, yeah. Yeah, it is like hands down the best documentary <laughs> I've ever watched about mm. the, uh, the rigmaroles and complete... Uh, stress breakdown that uh indie developers have to go through um i can't think what you call that atari one as well where it's the history of et and then burying the copies in the desert oh, yeah, and that one yeah. dude who was like i'm gonna go find them and his quest yeah. to uh, uncover all these copies in the desert again um i can't think what that one's called i guess they're more documentaries but um in terms of like video in terms of movies about video games um the newest jumanji was surprisingly good oh yeah um, or surprisingly true. solid enough anyway in terms of just replacing the board game with a video game um i can't think of that many other ones where a video there's, there's a horror one um i forget Would the name of it count the matrix i mean that is literally life inside a simulation like yeah that's more video game themed i guess um mm. but yeah in terms of the ones that he the ones that he highlights i've seen the wizard when i was a kid grandma's boy i've not heard of ready player one i hated with a passion so it's like <laughs> it's just i was just like oh this is just a spreadsheet of corporate bs come to life i despise that thing and i didn't mind you know, the, the book but yeah do you know what i actually um i've got a real soft spot for uh the the wizard just because the okay. fact it's so cringy it's so, like, <laughs> so bad but he's still like 
um, that's bad when he's got the uh, Nintendo Power Glove, and I'm just like, yeah, rock on. It's oh, is that that right? Yeah, I watched yeah. that in in first school or middle school. It's been yeah. a long time. I remember the Power Glove thing now that you said it though. Um, next question from Ruben, who says, I have a cool question. I think, what game series are you hoping not to hear about during this announcement season? Also, be sure to extend my gratitude to Jules. His speeches at the end of videos really helped me out. Oh, thank you very well, much, you my very friend. Much. Um, In terms of not, what do you hope to not hear about during this announcement season? I don't want a full-on, I know the PS5 is getting revamped for next year, but I don't want to immediately feel like I've missed out. I don't want it to be too big a fancy re... I don't want them to get on that too much. I just... just Tweak what do you image. mean that if they just suddenly go, hey, you thought the PS5 was hard to get hold of? Wait until you get the PS5 <laughs> version 2, which is much better than the previous version, making this everyone even more it feel like an absolute sucker. Exactly. Yeah, that I would mean, suck. The industry does that all the time where it's like, hey, this thing that you struggled to get that was really hard to get a hold of, hey, there's another iteration of it, and we're going forward. So I, I want to elongate the generation a bit. I think we're going to be doing that anyway. Um, yeah. But I hope that in regards to, I just want to, I want things to breathe for a little bit before we move on. In that same vein, I really don't want them to go hard on the whole sort of like, hey, look, you don't even need a console. We'll just stream it live. We'll have a video game streaming services. Because remember how that Ugh. was like uh, an idea that they kept on trying to push for like, it was like two or three years ago. They were like, this is going to be the next big thing. Every mm -hmm. single thing is going to be like streamable. Like you won't even need to do it. You'll just have a subscription and then boom, you can play mm -hmm. games like that. Now, I have recently been playing, uh, I played a demo of an upcoming video game, which I can't tell you about using Parsec. Ooh. Now, Parsec is a great idea in principle, and it worked okay. uh, for the most part, but there is something that is just uh, maybe the slight control delay, maybe the, the, the fact that your graphical mm. settings aren't proper, like the fact that you're streaming somebody else's like PC, and there's obviously like uh, communication issues with that. Like the idea is solid in principle, but it's just not something to really build the industry around just yet. And I right. really hope that they don't just go, hey, consoles that you've just bought, they're obsolete, bro. Like, it's like <laughs> just don't, just don't do that. I think the end game, uh, which is what Game Pass already is, is just to have an Xbox be an app, PlayStation be yeah. an app, and you just connect your controller to the TV and go from there. And I don't know how I feel about that. I love a, I love a good console. Like, I loved getting my N64 like, mm -hmm. last year, year before, whenever it was. Whenever I was 30 years old and I got my N64. I love that, getting a new system. And I'm even looking forward to getting it. I want to get a GameCube. I want to get a Dreamcast. Like, I want to do those things. I think there's a quality there that you lose if everything is just streamed. Like, like you said, it's sort of it doesn't have the same vibe at all. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, yeah, I'll, I'll totally back that. I hope that we don't embark on too quick a streaming future because there's too many problems with that, hence Google yeah. Stadia and everything else. Um, final question from Jason Taylor, who says, Growing up with Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil 2, and Legacy of Kane, my top three PS1 games. Am I back that, to be honest, top three? Uh, to to be fair, just, are you sure that you're not just Scott in disguise? <laughs> Sadly, Bishy Bashy Special is not on here. Um, throughout the years, I somehow never played any of the Mass Effect games. Can I get your elevator pitches for the Legendary Edition, but at the same time, talking over each other? We get 20 seconds each. Oh, my That's, God. that's podcast hell. I'm not going to do that for 20 seconds. I will do five seconds. I'll tell you what I think right now. Okay, so the first sci-fi game that you can want to pick it up because oh, I, can't the... <laughs> I can't do it. Okay, okay, right. We'll try. We'll try again. I'm gonna compose my thought first, and then I will. So we'll give another other than the five seconds. To be okay. honest, it, I mean, it's really, really good. The, the thing. So it's a sci-fi opera in which you uh, basically chew bum with your toffee when you walk. Yeah. That's the first game. <laughs> the, uh, there's a massive step up between Mass Effect 1 and 2. I know we were supposed to talk over each other, but to be honest, the Legendary yeah, no, Edition no, 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 no. deserves its own praise because. I, I tell you what, I haven't told you this. The um, 2017 me is 2021 me's biggest enemy because I <laughs> rallied against us not including the Crash Insane Trilogy in 2017's Game of the Year because, and I mostly stand by it, 
I stand by it that it's it's an old game, it's a reskin, it doesn't qualify, it's not new enough. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is my favorite game of the year. It's my favorite game on the Citadel, but I can't put it anywhere because it's an old game and it doesn't matter. Well, you shot yourself in the foot then, I didn't shot you? myself in both feet and removed the limbs. I can't, there's not, I can't do anything with it. But that Mass Effect 1, the combat model's brilliant. Mm-hmm. They overhauled it. It's, br- it's brilliant, a beautiful looking game. All the amount of stuff they've done with the visuals, the new lighting effect. I just, I just sat there going like, I bloody love Mass Effect. It's been away for so long and they've done so right by it. Mm-hmm. And having all the DLC on there is just brilliant. And so, yeah, if you've not played Mass Effect, dive the F into Mass Effect. They're all great. Know that there is a massive step up between Mass Effect 1 and 2 in terms of combat. Um, but Mass Effect 1 is still very much enjoyable. And just as a mythos, it's a set. Yeah. I would say that uh, the Legendary Edition fixes so much about Mass Effect 1, which mm-hmm. is easily the weakest of the three because it in terms didn't of the have combat, all yeah. The, yeah it didn't have all of its ideas fully fleshed out it like told an amazing story and it probably mm. has arguably the second most um immersive narrative going um, it's definitely the most rpg of them like where mm. you're balancing weapon mods and ammo mods and like yeah there's more of a focus on dialogue than uh, action but they've added in so much that I would totally recommend that you get the Legendary Edition for that version. I would yeah. say that going back and playing the original Mass Effect, uh, what was that, 2007 release on yep. the uh, like on any of the old consoles, it's it's noticeably of that era. Whereas the Legendary Edition has fixed so much that mm. I could conceivably see this being released as a standalone game today, and it would actually mm-hmm. feel right at home. Oh, I would genuinely say that the Legendary Edition versions of all three are the definitive mm. ones to the point where they actively replace the originals. Like that was the whole question to bring it back around to Crash and Spyro and stuff. It was mm-hmm. we had that question back in the day of like, would you recommend? the NCN trilogy, the uh, Reignited trilogy over the originals. And back then, I don't know, I, I said, no, I think you should play the originals just because mm-hmm. I like Naughty Dog's feel in the Crash games. I would recommend the Reignited trilogy over the original Spyros. Um, yeah. Where did you come down on that? Would you, If someone was saying, should I play Crash, would you give them the remix or the originals? Um, I'd give them the remake of Crash 1, and then I'd tell mm-hmm. them to play the originals of Crash 2 and 3. Sure. That's, and then uh, Spyro, I would say, well, I personally loved Spyro 2 so much that I would say play the remakes of 1 and 3 and play the original 2. Because in Spyro 2, the original, you get the the better line delivery of, I'm a fawn, you dog! Just like... (laughs) <laughs> just leading into it um yeah but yeah all around mass effect is just essential i um i it's in such a weird spot where we it isn't a 2021 game like mm-hmm. one of the thirds of it is um but for me personally i absolutely i can't i can't i'm living a lie if i pretend that that's a brand new game because it kind of is you get so isn't. much content with this trilogy yes. like you are going to be playing this for months my oh friends. man i've i've uh, i've platinumed mass effect one it's quite an easy plan nice. i managed to plot that um, that was about 25-ish hours of gameplay. I've went into two. I've put another six hours into that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to restart because my cheekbones don't look right. I don't well, know if this is a thing. You're going to need to um, hurry up and get through uh, Mass Effect 3 and Platinum that soon mm. as well because they've said that there's been enough groundswell of popularity to look at bringing back the multiplayer. And you I know. know. Once they bring that multiplayer back, they're going to be adding in those more trophies and you will need to... You need to get them before they tell you that you don't have 100% of them. <laughs> I need to see, yeah, I need to see what happened. Because I love the way that they've done the, the trophies. It's like game-specific, and then there's an overarching umbrella of separate yeah. trophies. So it's like if you finish all three games on Insanity or you romance someone in all three games, you get a separate yeah. trophy. That stuff's really, really cool. All around, though, Mass Effect is really lovely. For now, though, this has been the Untitled Panda Podcast. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thanks for having me. And thank you all to sending in to sending in all your questions, leaving all <laughs> the mistakes in. Thanks to all to sending questions in. This has been the UPP, the UPP, UBP the UPP. UBP. And we'll catch you guys next week.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.